Take your Bibles this, this evening and turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We're going to look at, at several different scriptures tonight. And all of them have to do with Christians that uh, are in conflict. And in fact, that's, the, that's the, the title of the message this evening is, is Christians in Conflict. One of, the, one of the big areas of difficulties, and by the way, there's, there's nothing that I, I need to preface the message with this. As far as I know, I'm not, I'm not preaching because there is a particular problem in our church right now. It's not one of those things. But, but one of the things I've observed over the years is that one of the biggest areas where as churches we falter is in this area of conflict that we have with other Christians. And, uh, and, and over and over again, I am just absolutely amazed at how unbiblically we handle uh, pers- you know, personal relationship kind of problems. And the Bible's very explicit on, on those things. Uh, the Bible makes it very plain about how we're to respond to those kind of situations. And so we're going to take a look at some of those various situations tonight and how the Bible says that we are to respond to them. Let's all stand together, if you would. Matthew chapter 18. I want you to look with me in verses 11 down through 17. Beginning in verse 11 says, For the Son of Man has come to, to save that which was lost. How think ye if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, and go, uh, trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee uh, one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Let's bow our heads and let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless this time together. Father, it's good to be in your, in, in your house with your people. It's good, Father, to be able to open up the Word of God and allow it to speak to our hearts. And tonight I pray that, uh, that you would uh, help us to see some things when it comes to our relationships one to another. Uh, you've put a premium on the relationship that church members have with one another, that fellow Christians have with one another, because you told your disciples, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one to another. That relationship is a very, very powerful and very, very important relationship. And God, it needs to be maintained properly. And we pray that as we take a look at the area of Christians in conflict, we pray that you would guide and direct. Uh, give, us, give us wisdom tonight from your word. I pray that you give me power and help me to be able to articulate this message properly in a way that will honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you tonight. 
And we are so thankful for the grace and the mercy and, yes, Lord, the patience that you've had with each and every one of us. And uh, help us, God, to, to pass that same thing on to those uh, that are in our lives. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do tonight in this, in this service and with this message. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I didn't go right immediately to, to uh, verse 15, which has to do with a, one brother trespassing against another brother uh, in, in, uh, in, in, a, in a relationship. And the reason why I didn't is because that's really kind of taking things out of context because within the context is also verses 11 down through 14. And the, the problem that he addresses in 11 through 14 is the problem of the lost sheep. And uh, the sheep goes astray. It's a, it's a sheep that is, is taken off, goes, goes off on its own way. And the, the action that the, the shepherd takes is to seek after the sheep. And what he does is he leaves the 90 and 9. And, you know, if, again, from, from Christians' standpoint sometimes... That would, that would look like neglecting the 90 and 9 to go after the one. Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't make any difference which one that is. The shepherd would do that because he, he values all of them alike. And uh, so he goes, he goes after, after that sheep. Why is it that he goes after the sheep? Well, first of all, he goes after the sheep for the sheep's benefit because the, the, uh, the, the sheep can go into dangerous territory, could get devoured, could get themselves, it, itself hurt, and, and so it the, the cares for the sheep, and so it goes, goes uh, after the sheep because of the, the sheep's benefit. Secondly, he, he cares for the sheep and he loves the sheep. And because of that, because of his care for the sheep, he leaves the 90 and 9 and goes after the one. And then thirdly, it's, is his own benefit. I mean, it is his sheep, and it's part, part of what he is invested in and part of the work that he is, is invested in. And uh, so that's the reason why the shepherd goes after the sheep. The solution is that he finds the sheep, he brings it back, and they, they all rejoice together. Now, I say that and say that it's in context because in the next verse, in verse 15, there's a very, very important word, and that's the word more over. Moreover, the word moreover just simply means further. In other words, to extend this thought or this idea, extend it into conflict between Christians when one Christian trespasses against another. And uh, notice what the, what the problem is. The problem is, is that a brother trespasses against you. A brother or sister in Christ, another individual trespasses against you. Now notice what it does not say. It does not say ticks you off. <laughs> it does not say uh, just uh, uh, it gets under your skin and irritates you. It says that it is a trespass. If you can't point to a specific trespass, then don't confront your brother. Uh, you know, don't, don't go over things that are just irritations to you. Uh, it has to be a specific trespass. And it's a trespass against you. Now, you say, why is that important? Because you're not supposed to be getting all ticked off because somebody trespassed against somebody else. That's not your business. 
That's their business. But you know sometimes why that, all, that kind of stuff ends up getting way blown out of proportion? Because Christians don't confront each other. And this is a frustration, honestly, that I have had in ministry, really, uh, right, right from the get-go. I've had, it, I've had it more here. I don't know why. It's been more so in the state of New York than it was in the state of Wisconsin. In the state of Wisconsin, it was the other way around a little bit. Uh, the folks in Green Bay have a tendency to be a little bit on the choleric side. They'll confront anybody and everybody and right in your face and just tell them off and with a wrong attitude in the whole nine yards. So sometimes you've got you to approach this subject from a little bit different uh, tendency and a little bit different angle. But, but this, is, this is so, so important. And the reason why it's so important is I can't tell you the number of people I have seen over the years, just, just in general in Christianity, that have, have, have walked away from churches, walked away from serving God, because they won't handle the problem biblically. And the biblical way to handle that thing is to, is to confront people. And so the problem is, is that the, the brother trespasses against you. What's the action? Well, the action is that you go to him. Now, again, why did the... Why did the shepherd go after the sheep? Well, because it was for the sheep's benefit. He loved the sheep, and it was also for his benefit. Well, why should we confront those that have trespassed against us? Number one, for the benefit of the individual who has committed the trespass. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I've, had, I've had people confront me over the years. And uh, I wouldn't say all of the time, but for many, many times when I have been confronted about times that I've trespassed against someone, I didn't even realize I did it. And had I realized it, I would not have approached things that way. And I'm so thankful that somebody came up to me and said, you know, your, your attitude just wasn't right. Your, what you did wasn't right. Man, it, it stopped me from going further because I was ignorant in that thing. And had someone not confronted me and someone had not approached me, I would have just continued in that way. Not with this kind of an attitude, but with, a, with really an, an attitude of, a, of an ignorant, ignorant uh, spirit. And, uh, and, and you, you just, you know, if you go with the right spirit and you go with the right attitude, then God's going to bless the thing. And, of course, there's no guarantee that the person's going to respond right. You see that in the, in the responses that are given and the actions that need to be taken, which we'll take a look at in just a minute. But, but understand this, you go for the benefit of your brother because it's not what you're doing to him. I, I can't tell you how many times over the years I have heard people refer to this process in verses 15, basically down through 17, as uh, pull a Matthew 18 on them. You know, and what that attitude is, is let's get that bugger. Well, that's not the way and that's not the spirit in which this instruction was given. The spirit of this instruction is if you really care for your brother... When he trespasses against you, understand that he's first and foremost hurting himself. And you ought to care for them. And therefore, you ought to confront them. It's not what you're doing to them. It's what you're doing for them. And secondly, 
The motivation should be the same as the shepherds. It's because you love them, because you care for them, because you're concerned. Um, I absolutely hate confronting people. I don't like it. And, and if, I was to, if we were to take a poll here the, the, this, this evening, I would, I would venture to say most of us would agree with that same sentiment. We just, we, just don't, we just don't like that. And by the way, if you do like it, there's probably something wrong with your attitude. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got the wrong spirit about the thing. Uh, but, uh, but, but if you really care for others more than you care for yourself, you'll confront them. You'll confront them. And, and there are times, and I, this happened in this church, I've had to confront people about things. And I've done it with a quivering lip. And uh, I've lost some sleep the night before that I've had to do it. I, I don't like that kind of thing. But can I tell you something? When you have that kind of attitude, that's the kind of attitude to have. When you just kind of go in like, like gangbusters and say, man, I need to talk to you about something, pal. Yeah, there's, you know, there's something wrong there. <laughs> the spirit and the attitude with which it's being approached is wrong, and it's because there's, a, there's an obvious lack of care to the individual. It's what the individual did to me, not the fact that that individual is broken and I need to be a part of the solution and be a, be a help to them. So, so the action uh, is, is, is done for the benefit of your brother. It's done because you should be caring for them. And then thirdly, you go to them for yourself. And you say, for yourself? Why do you go for yourself? Well, because otherwise, you'll, uh, you'll harbor bad feelings. And here's the other thing that happens. You, you take those bad feelings wherever you go, and what, what I found is the folks that will fail to confront other folks who have trespassed against them, they develop a habit. And the habit is when I come up against a problem, I don't confront the problem, I don't solve the problem, I don't face the problem, I run from the problem. That's not, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. And uh, God wants us to resolve problems. By the way, can I tell you this? When I've gone through this process with folks or other folks have gone through this process with me, uh, it has not caused us to be, go further apart. It's caused our hearts to knit. You know, I, I, had a, I had a situation back years ago in Green Bay where there was, a, there was a brother that called me on a Friday night. Friday night was my family night, and I didn't really want to be bothered, and I verbally cut him off at the shoe tops, and I did. Uh, I, I just, I, I did not handle the thing properly. Didn't really think much of it. Thought I did just fine. Then I found out later that, uh, that he almost, he almost, just totally left the church and everything over that one incident. And uh, he and I talked about that whole thing. I asked for forgiveness. He forgave me. I, to this day, every time I go back there and I see that individual, now he's pastoring a church not too far from Green Bay. Um, man, I, I am thankful that he confronted me. He didn't want to do it. It wasn't something that he enjoyed doing. But after it was done... Our hearts were, again, weren't torn apart. Instead, just the opposite, we were, we were knit closer together. So the brother trespasses against you, and you go to him. You go to him privately. 
and, and when you go to him privately, uh, one of the things I've found over the years that is, is so absolutely important is get the timing from God. Uh, ask God when it is that you would, he would have you to go. Now be careful because you can do that and then kind of put off the, the confrontation because uh, you, know, you, just, you, you, don't, you don't take any time to do it. You're just waiting for so long. You don't want to do that either. But, uh, but it's, it's getting the timing from God and then being willing to go and go with the right spirit. You go privately. And uh, that means you don't talk to other people about it. You don't tell other people about it. You just go see them and try to resolve the situation. Then if they don't hear you, then the Bible says you take one or two with you. And that's, I, that's an important thing to do. And make sure when you take one or two with you, you take, you take someone who's got the right spirit as well. And take someone that isn't going to gossip about it, isn't going to talk about it. But, but it's, again, it's all done with the attitude of trying to help because you love them, because you want, you want to see the whole situation rectified. Then if that isn't listened to, then the, the last thing is to bring it before the church. And, and that's, that's never a, a, a pleasant thing to do. But, but it, and again, even when you bring it before the church, you know, we say, well, that's, that's church discipline. Well, you're hoping it's not. You're hoping what it is is that they'll, they'll hear the church, they'll repent, they'll get that thing right, and things will be, will be taken care of. Uh, you don't want to look, again, you don't want to look at Matthew 18 as something you do to someone. You want to look at it as something you do for someone. Now, here's another situation. Back up in Matthew. Go to Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew 5, just two verses really, verses 23 and 24. This is part of Jesus, his Sermon on the Mount. And verses 23 and 24 he says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Now what's the problem? Well, the problem is your brother is upset with you. Uh, he's got ought against you. Uh, sometimes it may be, it may, it may be uh, warranted. Sometimes it may be an under, a misunderstanding. Uh, sometimes it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's totally... Uh, totally wrong. It's just the person that's got a bad attitude. But if I know that, and by the way, you have to know that, not just hear it from somebody else. Okay? Be careful of that kind of stuff. You know, I've had, I've had people come up to me and say, well, I understand that you've got a problem with me. And I looked at them and said, no, I don't really have a problem with you. And I really didn't. And then after that, I thought, well, maybe they have a problem with me. And that whole thing just ends up being a mess. Uh, so, so make sure that you know it, that there is a problem. And, and there are times, you know, I, I've done this. and I, In fact, I've done this quite a bit. If, if I'm suspicious that there's, a, there's, you know, a little bit of a rub between me and, and another individual, whether it be in the family or whether it be in the church, I'll, just, I'll go up to them and I'll just say, listen, is everything okay between you and me? 
and, and, and do it in such a way that you open the door so that they can, if, if there is a problem, they can spill their guts to you and let you, and let you know what it is and you can get the thing resolved. But, but here's, here's the thing. You are aware of a problem. You're going to give an offering and God says, whoa, stop. Put everything on hold. You know there's a problem. Go take care of the problem. Now, he didn't, he didn't say, take the offering and put it back in your pocket. Okay? He, said, he said that just leave it there and go and, and take. And I don't even think the offering is the issue. I think really what the issue is, is you know there's a problem. Don't put it off. But confront the problem. Confront the individual and do so with the right attitude. Stop what you're doing and do all that you can to be reconciled with that individual. Take action immediately and make it right. Uh, you may, you may uh, find out that, that there's, again, you may find out there's something that, that you did that you didn't even realize that you did, and uh, you ought to have uh, the right kind of spirit so that you can just simply ask them to forgive you. And, and every time something like that takes place, uh, hearts are knit together. We, we, I think it was within this last year or two, we had, a, we had a special speaker come in. He was coming through. I think he just preached on a Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken. His name is Dave Hardy. Dave Hardy is in evangelism today, but he, at the, when I was going to Bible college, uh, Brother Hardy was, was uh, my college and career age uh, teacher and director in the church that I was going to down in Bible college in Seminole Baptist Temple. And uh, I'm not going to go into all the details, but we had, we had some head-knocking experiences. And uh, I developed an attitude toward him. I, he probably developed an attitude toward me. Uh, we we con- confronted each other on some, on some disagreements and did so in a very disagreeable fashion. We were standing in church uh, after a message had been preached. I don't even remember the message, but boy, do I remember the invitation. I was sitting by the aisle. And uh, we all stood, and, uh, and uh, heads bowed and eyes were closed. And all of a sudden, I felt a tug on my, uh, on my, my suit coat. And I looked over, and it was Brother Hardy, and he said, uh, would you go to the altar and pray with me? And I said, uh, sure. I, honestly, I didn't want to go to the altar and pray with him. I, I, was, I was ticked. I was upset. And, uh, but I didn't want to be inappropriate in church and in the middle of service and an invitation. And so I went ahead and went forward and got down and knelt with him. And he said, let me pray. I appreciate you praying with me. He says, I, I, I just want you to know. He says that I've had a bad attitude toward you and I've been totally wrong. He says, and I just want, I want to ask if you forgive me. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to forgive you. And he said, well, let's pray together. And he prayed one of the sweetest prayers. And God got all over me. (laughs) I mean, just, you know, you've heard the the saying, uh, drag you through a knot hole backwards. Well, I felt like I got drugged through a knot hole inside out. Uh, It was, (laughs) whoa. And so we got, he got all done praying, and he got up to leave. I said, whoa, stop. <laughs> You're not leaving yet. I pulled him back down. I says, I need to apologize to you. I says, my spirit was horrible, and my attitude was wrong. Well, you know what? 
do that whole thing. The conflict and the way we, we, we handled it initially was wrong, and it wasn't right, and our hearts weren't right. But can I tell you what the result of that whole thing was? God really put our hearts together. And, and for the rest of the time that I was, was there, uh, we, had, we had good fellowship with one another. Uh, I've had him in now to preach, uh, once or twice at least, uh, and, and, uh, and would have men again. Uh, why? Well, because God did something there. And that's the whole purpose of confronting folks. It's not you're confronting folks because you got an issue. It's confronting folks because something's broken. And again, you know, Scripture says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one toward another. Why well, it is so important to make sure that nothing gets in the way of that love and that, that attitude that we ought to have toward one another because what that does is that, that really affects our testimony as individuals and also our testimony as a church. Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 6. Here's another one, a little different. Galatians chapter 6 is not really necessarily a trespass that I've committed against another individual or another individual committing a trespass against me, but it's a person overtaken in a fault. And if you look in Galatians chapter 6, Look in verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In other words, you see someone who's, who's, who's struggling with something or has a flaw in their character. And uh, it, it, may, it may, be, may be something that that just bothers you. It may be something that's hindering the cause of Christ. It may be something that's, that's hindering them personally. But you see someone who's overtaken in a fault. What's the action? The action is not to criticize. And, and you know, I, I find we do this a lot. We see somebody who responds to something improperly or does something right, wrong, uh, does, does something wrong, and we immediately go to someone and talk about it. Why? Can I tell you why? Because we really don't love each other like we ought to. If we loved each other the way we ought to, first of all, we'd shut up. And second of all, we'd go try to help that person. The, the whole purpose of this thing is, is if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. It's restoration. Uh, he's obviously, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like if you had a, a $10,000 watch. You know, what in the world would you be doing with a $10,000 watch? I don't know. But if you had a $10,000 watch and it stopped working, what would you do? Well, you wouldn't throw it down on the ground, stomp on it, and then throw it in the wastebasket. But you know what? We take something much more valuable than a $10,000 watch, which is another, another Christian, and we do just exactly that. Just exactly that, and and uh, we need to we need to to go to them with with an attitude of restoration. What are the qualifications of doing that? Well, it says ye which are spiritual. Uh, in other words, take the beam that's in your own eye and take it out so you can minister to a person who's got a splinter in their eye. 
It's not talking, it doesn't say ye which are without sin. It doesn't say ye which are, uh, ye which are right in every area of your life. It just says you're spiritual. Uh, you've, you've, you've battled that same battle yourself and come out and God, God has put you on the victory side uh, through his strength and his power and his wisdom. Uh, praise the Lord for that. Well, then take that and use that to be a blessing to someone else. You've got to be spiritual, which is, is, just simply means you have, you have uh, taken care of those things in your life, and now you want to be a blessing and be a help to somebody else. And then second of all, it says, uh, do so in, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You never think you're better than somebody else. You see somebody else who has fallen, someone else who has struggled, someone else who's been overtaken with something, and you, and you get, and, and I, I've done this, and I've seen other Christians do this, you get kind of a, a, a spiritual snob attitude toward them. You know, well, I would never do that. Boy, you better be careful. Don't talk like that. It says, it says we ought to go in a spirit of meekness considering ourselves. Listen, you're just as weak as they are. You're just as susceptible as they are. Uh, you may be standing on the victory side, but you know one of the things I've learned, learned over, over time is that it doesn't take much, nor does it take long, to, to push someone, or to have someone pushed by their own sin from the victory side to the losing side from the standpoint of just being overtaken in a fault. So the idea is you go in a spirit of meekness, realizing that you're not above that sin yourself. And, and again, one of the, the things that is absolutely crucial with this whole process is to be patient. Be patient. Uh, realizing that, you know, uh, throughout Scriptures it talks about being patient unto unto all men, uh, you know, even the person that bugs you the most, even the person that gets, seems to get under your skin the most, make sure that you're patient as, as you deal with them. And, uh, and God oftentimes will take that thing and use that to help them to see victory. Now, in all three of these situations, we, uh, brother trespasses against another uh, brother, uh, you have offended or uh, caused someone to be upset with you, or you see someone who's overtaken in a fall. Why don't we confront those things? Why don't we, why don't we approach them, and why don't we approach them biblically? And again, I sat down with people over the years and said, listen, you got a problem with this person. Um, have you confronted them? And they'll say, well, and sometimes they'll say, no, not at all. And I say, well, well you need to confront them. No, nope, they won't listen. Uh, well, whether they're going to listen or not, you know, you, you need to not jump to conclusions, number one. You never know. But, but, uh, but secondly, you have a responsibility. Nope, not doing it. Or I've, I've had this. I've had, I, I, have you confronted that person? Yes, I have. And did they listen to you? Nope, not a bit. Okay, well, then the next step is to go have someone, at least one person, go with you to confront that person. And, and, and I've done this several times. I've said, and, and I'll volunteer. I'll go, and I'll have the right, I'll, you know, I'll try to have the right attitude in the whole nine yards. 
I'll even let you do all the talking if you want to, but I'll go with you. And I can't tell you the number of times I've had people look me right in the eye and say, no, I'm not doing it. And then we wonder why we can't reach the lost for Jesus Christ when we won't even confront the saved and try to help them. You know what? If you don't love one another, we're certainly not going to be able to love the lost the way that, that we ought to. And, and, and one of the reasons why we don't confront oftentimes is we just don't like it. Well, good. I'm glad you don't like it. I don't like it either. And the moment I start to like that process or like that action, there's something wrong with my attitude. But, uh, but we, 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 we therefore shun that responsibility and don't do it. Secondly, the reason why we don't confront is because sometimes we're part of the problem. And sometimes our attitude isn't right. Uh, again, I can't tell you how many times I have, uh, you know, someone's come to me for advice, and, I, and they tell me what the problem is, and I tell them what they ought to do. And it's, it's oftentimes, I've had this happen so many times, right in the middle of me giving instruction, God says, in my heart, nobody else knows what's going on, but I do. And God says, you know, that wouldn't be bad advice for you to take for yourself with such and such and so and so. <laughs> You know, we don't like that. We don't like, we don't like those things being pointed out. But, and sometimes we're a part of the problem, so we drag our feet. The third reason why we don't confront is uh, maybe we did the same thing to someone else and haven't gotten it right and feel guilty. We may not only be a part of the, 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 uh, the specific problem that's being dealt with, but we might, we might have another situation in our life that we have never taken care of and we feel guilty about it. And, and uh, <laughs> the fourth reason why we often don't confront is because as soon as we, we do that, what we do is we open ourselves up. When we confront someone else, we give them the freedom to confront us. And we don't want them to do that. What does it boil down to? I think it boils down to two things. And, and, and really, every problem in the Christian life will boil down to these two things. Number one, we're not loving God the way we ought to. And number two, we really don't love other folks like we say we do. You know, it's easy to mouth the words, but it's when you come into situations like this that you really see whether or not there, there's that genuine love uh, for one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one to another. This, this needs to be used with family. It needs to be used with friends. It needs to be used with, with, uh, with church folks. And, and by the way, just one, one more thing, and, and I'm going to be done. But uh, you, need to, you need to teach your children, those of you that are raising kids, regardless of what stage you're in, you need to teach your children to do the same thing. Don't go to bat for your kids on every little conflict that they have. Teach them how to handle those conflicts. Uh, don't you know? Don't uh, try to be the 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 uh, the savior for your kid. Go confront another parent. Your kid didn't treat my kid. You know why don't you teach your child how to handle that thing properly, rather than get upset with the kid? Teach your child. And, and make them do it. 
You know, one of the reasons why, uh, this is another reason, uh, a reason why we don't confront one another, because nobody when we were young made us do it. You know, why, why, do, why, why are some people more picky eaters than other people are? Because they never had parents that said, look, while you're at this table, you're going to eat this, and it may take you four hours to eat it, but you're going to eat it, okay? And I, I had parents like that, and I'm thankful that I had parents like that. Why? Well, because they taught me how to do things I didn't like to do. One of my, my mother's favorite things, my second mom, her, one of her favorite things was, you know, she'd, ask, she'd tell me I needed to do something, and I'd say, well, I just really don't want to do that. She looked at me, and she was an unsaved woman. She looked at me, and she said, uh, she says, David, I got news for you. Most of the stuff that we have to do in life, we're not really thrilled with. We might not want to do it, but you know what? It's what you need to do. It's your responsibility, so do it anyway. You know what? That's good advice. That really is. And if we love folks the way we ought to love folks, and if we love the Lord the way that we ought to love the Lord, even though this is an unpleasant process at times, we'll still do it because we know it's right and we know we're being a help and a blessing to those that we confront. And we do so with a right spirit. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that tonight uh, this message has been clear and I pray that you would take Take the, uh, take the uh, unclearness uh, of what I might have said and make it clear by your spirit. Uh, Father, I pray that you would show us any areas where uh, maybe someone has trespassed against us and we have never confronted them. Show it to us tonight. Maybe someone is upset with us, whether it be righteously or unrighteously. And we know it. I mean, it's not, it's not a deal where, you know, someone has, has told us that and we really haven't seen it. We know it. Well, point that out to us and show us the unresolved conflicts that are in our lives with others that we need to take action on and do so properly and do so with a right heart and do so with a meek attitude and do so with love for you and love for others. Uh, Lord, this, this kind, I've seen this kind of thing tear up Christians' lives. And the sad thing is uh, it not only affects them, but it affects their families, it affects grandkids. It goes right down the line. God, that's not what we want. We want, we want our children to be blessed. And God, if we want our children to be blessed, we need to be responsible, particularly in this area. Speak to hearts tonight, kind of a, a different kind of message this evening, but a very, I, I think a very, very needed one. It's something we need to be reminded of uh, often, that we have a responsibility one to another. We need to love others enough to fulfill that responsibility no matter how unpleasant it might, might be, and do so in a proper spirit. God, speak to hearts tonight, and may we respond to you as you do, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.